reaching Israel and the world and the world. Shalom, Yedidim, peace, beloved friends. Thank you for tuning in today to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. And I wanna especially thank those of you that are partnering with us in this ministry. It's because of you that we're able to broadcast in almost 200 countries around the world, building up the body of Messiah and seeing people that are lost in darkness being helped as God comes into their life through the teaching of his word. Honey, today we're gonna to be talking about spiritual breakthrough. And every one of us needs breakthrough. Yeah. The reason we all need breakthrough is because God always has more. Yeah. So we're always trying to break into the next level of His glory. Right. I find that God breaks into my life. And sometimes it doesn't feel so good when He breaks in. Sometimes all of a sudden I'm uh, in, a, in a tough situation, in really, really tough situations. I put it, I see it in my life as like being put up against the wall. And, and in those places, we come to the end of ourselves, and His Spirit breaks into us so that then our lives will break through with a new spiritual strength and power that overwhelms anything of this realm. That's a really important point that we need to understand God is causing all things to work together for good to those that love Him yes. and are called according to His purpose. And the all things include the difficult times because the Lord has a plan for those difficult times for our good as well. Amen. Enjoy today's broadcast. This is the second part of a series that I'm calling Spiritual Breakthrough. If you missed the first episode, I encourage you to get that teaching. It's very important. Beloved, I believe there's a supernatural unction, a supernatural mandate and anointing on my life for breakthrough. And I believe the unction for breakthrough that Father has placed upon my life can be imparted unto you. And I believe that through these teachings, there's an impartation that will flood your life and propel you into greater breakthrough. First of all, in the spiritual sense, also in the material world. We see an example of how to get breakthrough from the life of David. We began last week looking at the book of 2 Samuel, chapter number 5, verse 17 through 25, and a corresponding scripture from the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter number 14. And last week we learned that when David was anointed king, immediately the Philistines, when they heard of it, they attacked him. The truth is, is that when you are moving forward in Hashem, when you're moving forward in the anointing, when you're moving forward in your faith, in your walk with God, when you're moving forward in your ministry, you should understand that the enemy will respond to that and he will try to stop you by attacking you. And I covered that in great detail on last time's broadcast. Again, I really want to stress that you get that because I believe that there is a supernatural mandate and anointing on my life for breakthrough, and it could be transferred into you. So I'm not going to go and repeat all that I did last week, only to say once again that when you're moving forward in God, know that the enemy is going to respond. And the Lord allows the enemy to respond because there's something about you and I engaging with the enemy and overcoming the enemy's attacks. There's something about us engaging and fighting that causes us to become mature 
sons and daughters. You see, somehow, Father has ordained that you and I come into full sonship. And when I say full sonship, I'm speaking both of daughters and sons. That there's something that is required for you and I to enter into the fullness of sonship. And what is required for you and I to mature as sons and daughters is that we fight the enemy and overcome. So the Lord ordained that we would have an adversary. Think about Jesus, what happened when he was anointed by the Holy Spirit at the Jordan River. Most of us know the story. Yeshua goes to the Jordan River. He's immersed by Yochanan, John the Baptist. And as soon as Yeshua comes out of the river, the Holy Spirit descends upon him in the form of a dove. And the voice comes from heaven that says, you are my beloved son. And in you, I am well pleased. The people that were there, John the Baptist heard the voice saying, he is my beloved son. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The point is, is that this is when Yeshua was anointed and called into ministry. Now, what's the very next thing that happens? The Spirit of the Lord leads Jesus into the wilderness where Yeshua has to combat the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. And it's not until after Yeshua faced the devil and overcame him in the wilderness that Yeshua's ministry began. In other words, the Lord ordained that before Yeshua's ministry began, he would first have to face the assault of the devil and overcome him. This is why the scripture says that Yeshua was led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. And then after Jesus faced the devil for 40 days, the Bible says he came out of the wilderness, listen, in the power of the Spirit. He was empowered as he clung to Hashem, as he clung to Father God and resisted the devil's attack in the wilderness. And so this fight that we're in is part of God's plan for our life. And I talked about that last week in great detail. You need to listen to that message. And I don't often say that. I also said last week that when David realized he was being attacked after he was anointed, he didn't give up his kingship. He didn't say, well, it's not worth it because if I'm king, because David had just been anointed king, David didn't say, well, it's not worth it. I don't want to be king because if I am, the Philistines will attack me and I don't want to have to deal with that. No, instead what David did, the scripture says, he went down into a stronghold. So let's read it. When the Philistines heard this, when they heard that David had been anointed king, reviewing, when the Philistines heard this, that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek out David. Why were they seeking him? To kill him, to destroy him. When David heard of it, he went down to, listen now, the stronghold. And so I ended last week's broadcast by talking about the fact that when you and I are moving forward in the anointing, the enemy will respond. He'll try to stop us. And I shared a personal example with you last time in my own life. The enemy will respond. He'll attack to stop us. And you and I need to be careful to, number one, recognize that what is happening is an attack of the enemy, whether it's in our circumstances something goes wrong, or we come up against a wall, or whether it's in our dreams at night, or whether it's our mind starts having all kinds of wrong thoughts. We need to realize what's going on. We need to realize it's not just something that's going on randomly or in the natural world. We need to realize that we're under attack. So when David heard of it, 
when he realized he was being attacked, he went down to the stronghold. So I want to talk about what it means to go down into the stronghold. But before I do, I want to give you one more example of something that happened in my own life in relation to this. I was overseas in Africa a few years ago preaching the gospel. And as I sat in my little room there getting ready to minister that day, I noticed that every thought, beloved one, that I was thinking was wrong. My thoughts were wrong about every single person about every single circumstance. My, uh, my mind had been bent by the enemy and I realized what was going on. The enemy was attacking me. He was trying to stop me because he knew I was about to release the gospel and thousands of people were about to get saved. This is what happened to David. I want to encourage you. Don't be ignorant of the schemes of the adversary. When you're moving forward in God, the enemy will come against you. You need to realize what's going on. You need to stand in your place. You need to hold your ground. And you need to go into, like David did, the stronghold. I have a special segment for you today called Seeds of Revelation. What do I mean by Seeds of Revelation? Little nuggets of truth that can grow in our heart to bring us into the further revelation of God. Each week I actually produce one of these and send them out to all those that are interested through their email. So if you'd like to sign up for this mini devotional that you'll receive every Friday, just go to stayconnectedwithrabbi.com. I wanna focus today on Romans 8:26, hear the word of God. In the same way, Paul wrote, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. In the same way, the Spirit helps our weaknesses. What I love about this is that Hashem is communicating to us that He is with us, undergirding us, carrying us as we go through life, even, beloved, when we are weak. In our weaknesses, He's ministering to us. In our weaknesses, he, the Spirit within is praying to God for us. It's just really comforting for me to know that God is so gentle that He's ministering to me even when I am most weak. Doesn't it help you? Sometimes people feel like they always have to be strong, but you know what? God loves you all the time. He's gonna help you and I, beloved one, even when we're weak, be encouraged. As we grow closer to our Savior's return, there are still millions who have not experienced Him, from Africa to Israel and every corner of the earth. But Rabbi Schneider, through all forms of media and on the ground crusades, is reaching the world with inspirational teaching from a Jewish perspective, equipping the church, evangelizing the lost, and pouring into the lives of pastors and leaders around the globe. This could not happen without you because you are an integral part in sending Him. Is God calling you to help Rabbi proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth? Give at discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 800-777-7835. How do we go into a stronghold? David was going into a physical stronghold. I'm talking about taking the physical and helping you understand that really this is about something spiritual. And I left off last week by sharing with you, I've noticed in my own life that when I am up against a big burden, when I'm carrying something great, 
I will transition into my prayer language. And what's really interesting about this is that I started using my prayer language before I even knew there was such a thing. No one had ever taught me about it. I was not schooled in it and not read about it. But what I noticed was that as a very young pastor, when I became particularly burdened about something that was going on in the ministry, I would just begin to speak to God from the depths of my soul in a language that was not English. And this is called tongues. It's a personal prayer language. But before you get thrown off, let me share with you. I want to bring comfort and understanding, if at all possible, to everybody right now. First of all, a lot of the teaching about tongues has been, in my view, incorrect. Tongues is multidimensional. There are many different types of tongues. For example, when we see in the book of Acts, chapter number 2, that when the Holy Spirit first fell upon the church, those first 120 believers began to speak in tongues. We know the story. 120 believers were gathered together in Acts chapter 2 in what's called the upper room. They're in the upper room. The day of Shavuot or Pentecost had come, which was the day that God revealed His glory to the children of Israel at Mount Sinai 1,500 years earlier. So it's just interesting showing the connection between the Brit Kadashah, the New Testament, and the Hebrew Bible. The same day the glory appeared on top of Mount Sinai, 1,500 years earlier with Moses and the children of Israel to that same day, now the Spirit of the Lord appears in glory again as they're gathered in the upper room. So here they were in the upper room recalling how Father God, how the God of Israel had manifested Himself in fire on top of Mount Sinai 1,500 years earlier and wrote His law on the tablets of stone. As they're thinking about that in the upper room on Pentecost or Shavuot, suddenly a tongue of fire comes upon each one of those 120 believers and then He fills them with the Spirit and they begin to speak with tongues. But notice, the tongues that they spoke in were known, not unknown, but known languages. They began to speak in languages that they had never learned. Why? Because there were people that were gathered in Jerusalem that spoke many different languages. And the Lord wanted the gospel of Messiah Jesus to be proclaimed and heard by everyone that was there. In other words, He wanted the people that were there that didn't speak Hebrew and didn't speak Aramaic, He wanted them to be able to hear the gospel. So He gave those first 120 believers that had just been filled with the Spirit a supernatural gift to proclaim the gospel in a tongue that they had never learned, but the tongue that they spoke the gospel in was actually a real language. Now what's interesting is that many times people are using Acts chapter 2 as a template for what should be everybody's experience. And so the teaching is, and I'm not trying to cross dissension here, but the teaching is, is that the, the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues, and they use Acts 2 as their reference. But what happened in Acts 2 is not what is actually happening in the contemporary church, because in the contemporary church, when someone says that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and began to speak with the tongue, that tongue is not an Acts chapter 2 tongue, because the tongue they're speaking in isn't a known language most of the time, but rather it's a prayer language. And so there are several different types of tongues in the New Testament. There's a tongue that is a supernatural ability to speak in a language that you've never learned, number one. 
Number two, there's a tongue that is spoken about in the book of Corinthians that is a unknown language. It's a, it's a supernatural language that's to be used in a corporate gathering. And when that tongue is used in a corporate gathering, there needs to be an interpreter in the gathering to translate what was just spoken. That's the second use of tongues. But the type of tongues that I'm talking about is not either of those. It's not the tongues in Acts chapter 2, which is a known language. It's not a tongue that someone stands up in a corporate worship services and begins to speak in a tongue, and then somebody else stands up and interprets. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something different. I'm going to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm reading in verse number 4. Paul says this, One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So we're talking about something entirely different now. We're talking about a tongue that is for the benefit of the believer. You see, every other gift of the Holy Spirit is a gift for the body. But the gift of tongues as a personal prayer language is not for the body, but it's for the gift of the individual, for the believer. So listen to what Paul said. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. See, you edify yourself when you speak in a tongue. And then he goes on in verse number five, he says, Now I wish that you all spoke in tongues. Why does Paul want everybody to speak in tongues? Because it's a gift that can edify you. And so I believe that the ability to have a prayer language is not the initial evidence necessarily of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't believe you have to speak in a prayer language or in an unknown tongue to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, because I believe there are examples in Scripture where someone was baptized in the Holy Spirit and they began to proclaim the gospel in their known language. But I do believe that the gift of tongues as a prayer language is available to everybody. And a lot of times people, they feel like if you're able to do it at will, it must not be real. See, this is what happened to me. As a young believer, I noticed that when I got under an extreme burden, I would just transition into my soul, into like this low gear, if you will. I used the illustration last time. It's like in the old cars, if you were going up a steep hill, you could put the car in low one or low two. It would bring the transmission way down low to give you much power. That's what I noticed happened to me. If I was under a burden, I'd transition down deep into my soul and I'd begin to speak in a tongue. It would just automatically happen. I was carrying a burden. I need to connect with Father about this. I needed to connect with the Spirit about this burden. And subconsciously, without even choosing to do it, I just did it. I just went down into this low place in the Spirit and began to speak in a prayer language that no one ever taught me about. I didn't even know what it was. I began to ask myself, is this what it means to speak in tongues? I wasn't sure. I thought it was. I didn't know what was going on. And then when I realized that I could do it at will, anytime I wanted to, I thought, is this really real? I mean, if it was God, wouldn't it have to be Him starting it within you and you'd only be able to do it when He was bubbling up from within you? But you can do it anytime you want to, I said to myself. How do you know if this is God or not? And so I began to lose confidence. I thought, maybe this isn't God. Maybe this isn't really tongues. And then as time went on, beloved, I came to the deep conviction. And now I feel like I know, no, this is my prayer language. I can use it anytime I want to. 
And I find that when I'm really burdened about something, I go into my stronghold oftentimes, which often is this place of using my prayer language. So I want to encourage you today, be open. Be open to this. It's, it's, it, you just, just begin to, if you just hear something in you, if you've never done this before, just begin to speak out what you hear. And don't question it. Don't say this isn't really real. Just go with it. Just begin to, I, I don't want to say practice it because that sounds like you're performing. But what I want you to do is get you in the habit of using it because the Holy Spirit makes groanings, the scripture says, within us that are too deep for words. And that's what this prayer language is. It's the burden of the Holy Spirit in you. It's the burden of your soul being released by the Holy Spirit in the Spirit so that you can connect with God in a very deep and real way. So number one, when we're under attack, we can go into the stronghold by using our prayer language. Secondly, beloved ones, we go into the stronghold by just getting still and quiet before God alone with God, and just begin to open our heart to Him. Just be real with Him. Just begin to talk to Jesus, whether it's out loud or silently, but go into a place where you're alone with God and just begin to open your soul to Him. Just sit before Him. Just rest in Him. Just ask Him for help. And as you do, He's going to strengthen you and equip you for what you're going through. You see, David clung to God. When he realized he was under attack, he went into the stronghold and he clung to God. The Hebrew word for this is dvekut. It means clinging. We need to cling to God because when we're not clinging to him, we're vulnerable to the enemy's attacks. Some of you have heard me share the story years ago. I saw so many people that said they were Christians just falling and falling and falling and failing. And it really shook me up because the Bible says we should be victorious in Jesus. And it got to the place where I couldn't put it under a rug anymore. I said, Lord, unless you tell me why so many people that say they know you and believe in you seem to be failing and falling as a habitual pattern. I said, how can I believe in you myself? I said, Lord, if you're not helping them, how can I be sure you're going to help me? And I said, God, I can't go any further until you answer me. And I just remained in this place of being quiet before the Lord, just waiting for him. I had confidence that he would speak, but I was sad. And the next day, as I was in this state, the Holy Spirit clearly spoke to me. And he said to me, the reason you're seeing what you're seeing with so many falling and failing is he said, it's because my people are not trusting me. But when the Spirit said the word trust to me, the word trust was full of revelation and meaning with the word clinging. He said, my people are falling and failing because they're not clinging to me. So I want to encourage you, beloved. We're going to continue next week. When you're moving forward in the Lord, expect an attack. When you do get attacked, don't panic. Don't abandon the ship. Go down deep. Go into the stronghold. Get alone with God. Get still with God. Talk to him and cling with them. This is Rabbi Schneider saying, God bless you and shalom. There's no breakthrough into life without breakthrough in our relationship with the Lord. Listen what Father said to us in the book of Malachi chapter 3, verse number 7. Return to me 
and I will return to you, says the Lord. And then they hear us, that's well, how are we going to return? And then the Lord said in the next verse, in tithes and offerings. You see, when we surrender our hearts to Father, we open up in a way that His power and light and life can be poured into us. But if we don't trust Him and honor Him, then we close ourselves off from receiving the power that leads to breakthrough. This is one of the reasons honoring the Lord with our tithes and offerings is so important. Beloved, let's not short circuit our relationship with Hashem by refusing to trust Him and honor Him with our tithes and offerings. It's important. Let's be obedient. We'll be blessed for it. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or to give by credit card, visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have honored God with our finances while living, but have we considered how we can honor the Lord with our finances when we pass on? For more information, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord gave instructions to Moses and Aaron to speak this blessing over his people. And the Lord said, when you speak these words over my people, I will place my name on them and bless them. Receive the impartation of the Lord's blessings. Yavah Yahweh The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up by his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, 
or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The greatest breakthroughs happen when we fully realize the truth about who we are. Join us next time as Rabbi Schneider reveals the mystery of God in us.